Uh, hey, but frankly, condoms are a very, very poor protection against sexually transmitted diseases. Homosexuals in the rank weakens unit cohesion because homosexuals are weak. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying homosexuals are weak? I think that is. I okay. think that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. I think he's in the closet. In the closet. Keep the rape in the closet. has a small penis. Is that what's happening? Yes. I always go to the dick. All rise, all rise for his master of spin, Mr. White House chief strategist in the Trump administration, 45's main liar, misogynist, racist homophobe, Steve Bannon man. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon man. Who is he? Oh, he's Steve, Steve Bannon man. He's Steve Man 
is right. Oh, white is right. We're pretty racist against lots of things. Oh, Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Trannies whine about hilarious Bruce Jenner billboard. He's still calling them trannies. Oh, the misogyny, the homophobe, the transphobia. I can't believe it. Birth control makes women unattractive and crazy. I said birth control makes women unattractive and crazy. What? It makes you fat. It makes your voice unsexy. It makes you a slut. Because it's Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Big, big misogynist. Big, big hater. Gotta hate the Jews, gotta hate the ladies and all of you. Suck it up, buttercups. Dangerous faggot tour returns to colleges in September because he's Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve, 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 Steve Bannon. Misogyny. Homosexuality. Racism. He's, he's all of it. He's all of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. You just kill yourself. Mm-hmm. I got a gun right here and off yourself now. The solution to online harassment is simple. Women should just log off. They're screwing up the internet for men by invading every single space my we mail, have online mail, and ruining it with attention seeking, needy, demanding, and touchy feeling form of feminism. Steve Bannon to get cancer. Yeah, he looks like Steve, he Steve, does. Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Oh. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. World Health Organization report. Tranny's 49 times higher HIV rate. There's that word again. Homophobia is rampant. Did we mention that he's a White House executive? Oh. <laughs> Did we mention he's maybe the second most powerful person in the United States? He's got the cold misogyny and racism. Racism and transphobia and homophobia. All that stuff. Yeah. Steve Bannon. Steve, 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 Steve Bannon. Hating ass nigga. We do it every week. How do we do it? How does it keep happening? It's so amazing. It's so amazing. We're just, it's, it's incredible every week. It's coming. It's coming. It's going to be this week's rap is about Ben Carson. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uh, we've got some, we've got some cushion money rap instrumental beat on the background. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to see what happens. Ben Carson, Uncle Tom today uh, with hot, dirty P and the sheriff. We're here for you. Oh, is it not? I put it in the wrong thing. There it goes. Now it's going. I put it in the wrong one. Just like. There we go. Oh. 
progressive thinks he's an Uncle Tom. Mm, Uncle Tom. I'm, I'm not sure I agree that there isn't a fair amount of racism here. Not too much racism. What? I said there's not not too much racism. Ain't no racism, boss. There, there is, but not where you'd expect it to be. Nope. It's mostly with the progressive movement who will look at someone like me. Nah, sir. And because of the color of my pigment, they decide there's a certain way that I'm supposed to think. And if I don't think that way, I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom's boss. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on me. I'm an Uncle Tom. And they heat all kinds of rape hatred on you. And to me, that is racism. What? Me boss? No. There's not as much as you'd where you'd expect it to be. There is, but not where you'd expect it to be. And they look at my pigment and they decide there's a certain way I'm supposed to think. And if I don't think that way, I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. And that, to me, is racism. 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 Uncle Tom. Racism. Uncle Tom. Racism. What if on D-Days our soldiers invading the beaches at Normandy had set their colleagues to be cut down, a hundred bodies laying in the sand, a thousand bodies laying in the sand? What if they had been frightened and turned back? Well, I guarantee you were frightened. I guaranteed you they were frightened, but they didn't turn back. They stepped over the bodies of their colleagues, knowing that in many cases they would never see the homeland of their loved ones again, and they stormed those Axis troops, and they stormed that beach, and they died. Why did they do that? They didn't do that for themselves. They did it for you, and they did it for me, and now it's our turn. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom, and they heap all kinds of hatred on you. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom with gifted hands. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. So that to me is racism. 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 Uh, Uncle Tom. I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nature. Nation. I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I absolutely would not agree with that. I forgot I was black. I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I would certainly not agree with that. I forgot I was a nigga. <laughs> Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. And if you know, if and you know, if there's somebody who's of any faith, but they say things and their life has been consistent with the things that will elevate this nation and make it possible for everybody to succeed and bring peace and harmony, oh, then I'm with that. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom slaves were tourists. Uncle Tom. Slaves were tourists. Slaves were immigrants. Coming over on the boat, making this world a better place. Obamacare is worse than slavery. Uncle Tom said. I'm an Uncle Tom on the worst things since slavery. Obamacare is really, I think, the worst thing that has happened in this nation since slavery. I've never been whipped before. Never been whipped before. <laughs> All right, we did it again. Yes. We did it again. Our mixtape. Kush money. It's happening. Kush money. Our mixtape's coming out real it soon. We're coming hot. Hey, it's 
dirty, hot, dirty pee and the sheriff coming at you. Yeah. Coming at you. Some magic. From Ivanka Trump. Women. Women who work. Women who work. She doesn't work. She doesn't work. It is live here at the beautiful Spark Dispensary on Mission Street between 8th and 9th. I can never remember the number because I'm a terrible person. But we're here on the Sparkcast. We have great comedians tonight. We have Brian Lucette. We have Warhol Kaufman. We have Matthew Quirk. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're live here at Spark. Today, our product highlight is the Sour Lime Kush. We're going to be smoking the Sour Lime Kush. It is exciting. We're going to be talking about the new packaging laws. We're going to have our product highlight on the uh, sour lime kush. We're going to have our have our have our pot games. I'm so glad you guys are here for our podcast. Everyone else is here. We're going to get started in just a second with today's Sparkcast, July 2nd, 2018. here at Spark together on a Tuesday night. We're here for the Sparkcast recorded live. 
here at Spark. What a fun time. We have great comedians to entertain you while you suck on those delicious vape bags. Yay, Volcano! Volcano forever! Yay! I hate that they're, ama they're amazing machines. They make it work. Uh, we're here at the Sparkast, live at Spark. People are buying the great new product. Today we're going to be talking about that, a little bit about the new packaging laws. It was very, everything like, what's happening now? Everything looks different. What are milligrams? Ah, maths. <laughs> what are we going to do? Uh, we're going to also do our product highlight. Today's product highlight is the Sour Lime Kush. We're going to be smoking that and talking about it. We've got comedian highlights, people telling jokes, people telling stories. And then we have our great game that's interactive with our whole crowd. And you can win this beautiful t-shirt. Uh, we can turn it up. This, oh, there it is. This beautiful t-shirt. See, it says spark on the back. On the front, it says laughter is the second best medicine. And um, here, it's spark. And then it says spark has number one. Because we all know what the best medicine is. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Delicious, delicious. Thank God that, that this is all happening. Anybody else paying attention to World Cup? I'm wearing dumb socks because I have caught the fever. <laughs> the fever of the flavor of 27-year-old millennial men actually making their goals. It's very exciting. I just, I love it. Uh, yeah. Here we are, crazy things happening here at Spark. Everybody, it's, it's a really fun place. You get to come in, you sign in, you get your you get your little vape just thingy, and you get your bag and your little brush, the brush so you can get all the, all the good nugs. Get them out of there. Scrape out all that flour. Uh, I've always been, it's like, it's a flower, it's a plant. It's edible. What, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, um, well, Brian Lucette, one of our comedians, Brian Lucette, he already got one of these things. You can get, you can set one up. We got We have to set up a vaporizer so that we can talk about our product highlight tonight, the sour lime Kush. I already smelled it. I opened the bag, and it does smell super limey. I don't understand how like nature works. That it smells and tastes. How does it happen? That I mean, it's almost the same thing with wine, right? When they're like, it tastes like cherries. Right? But then it's like you, you get some weed and it tastes like banana, and you're like, how is this possible? It tastes like lime. It's a plant. It's not, I guess it's the same thing as basil. Like there could be chocolate basil and like mint and all that stuff, maybe like, but how nature astounds me. Is it not like magic? It's hard not to believe in God at this point. You're like, how, how do you make weed smell like limes? It's magic. Magic. Warhol knows all about magic. Uh, I'm a, I like to smoke. I, this, is, this is something that happened to me this week, and I looked it up, and I don't know if this has happened to other people, but a, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is smoke pot. Does anybody else do that? Does anybody smoke weed before they pee besides me? Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Good. So I, I wake up, and I go, and I hit the bong, and then I go potty, and then I usually drink a big glass of water, and then I take another hit. And then sometimes I get really nauseous. 
like out of nowhere. And then I vomit a bunch of water. And I always thought, oh, I'm an alcoholic. Nay, there's this new thing we looked up on the internet. And it's called cannabinoid meiosis, meiosis, something like that. And it makes you nauseous. And I read this article about this woman who, they ended up firing her from a modeling job because they were like, you're an alcoholic because she threw up every morning. But it's something that you get if you've been doing long-term THC usage, like 17, 20, 25 years plus. And I thought I was, I was, I always just thought it's because I had too many IPAs the night before. But now I'm like, but it's a weird thing. They've been studying it now. Look it up. It's, it's this crazy thing. Because I've been, I mean, I've been smoking pot every day all the time for like probably 25 years now. I don't know, went from when I was 19. Let's do the math. I'm 44. Who's good at math? <laughs> 25 years. I did it without even thinking about it. Oh my God, don't you love it when that happens? When you like you get an answer right and you didn't even know it was right, but you're like, ah, weed doesn't make you dumb. <laughs> no, I have two master's degrees. I promise it doesn't make you dumb. Although, it's <laughs> it makes me think about things in a whole new way. Like I've, I've conceptualized the world in a larger scope because of the joys and beauties of marijuana. I am so pro-marijuana. I am so happy that it's legal now and I don't have to hide from the stigma. Although my parents still hate me, but you know, that's because they, they, were, they were like, Vietnam's cool. <laughs> it all goes back to the 70s. Yay, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking for a minute. Who wants to tell a story or tell jokes? You got a story. Hey, you know who's got a story? He's a hilarious individual. Uh, he's an amazing friend of the Sparkast. Hey, everybody, enjoy the fun story highlight from your first comedian, Warhol Kaufman. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to shout out to Spark because they've been hooking it up for years, you know. And uh, I'm from Maryland. So if you're trying to get weed in Maryland, it's not, it's not really the same thing. Like I was home a while back, I saw my cousin. He showed me some app I didn't get at the time, I didn't understand, he was like, check it out. He was like scrolling through, it was just like a lot of butts really. I was like, oh yeah. It was a photo app, he's like, oh yeah. You know, you, you can follow whatever you want, but I like AS. I like AS, so mine is a lot of AS. I thought that was pretty fun. He was like, tell me about California, tell me about California. So he came over, came over and smoked me out, man. And I'm telling you, I can't go back to Maryland anymore. I've gotten dosed with PCP three times, but twice in Maryland. So he smokes me out, right, we're just in the car outside. Then I go into the house, I end up vomiting, like, all over the, my parents' bathroom, you feel me? I'm trying to clean it up, but I'm like hella fucked up in the head. I take my shirt off. I'm like using my shirt to clean up the vomit. Uh, they notice. They notice. And then they're like yelling at me. They're like, what were you doing? You're doing, ah, drinking too much. I'm like, nah, just like, just chilling with my cousin, you know? We was just kicking it. Oh, man. The next time I got dosed with PCP, it was my other cousin at the hotel room that my brother got. This is right before I went to the psych ward and apparently I ended up on the news because I flooded, they claim I flooded the a whole le level of the motel, but I was on the first floor so I don't really believe it, thank you. <laughs> I don't believe it, but they say I was on the news and allegedly it was $1,500 worth of damage 
But this is what happened, see, this is what happened. I was trying to get my cousin a laptop, and I was on tour with this dude, and he was like, trying to stop me. He's like, we need it. I'm like, motherfucker, this is not your hotel room. My brother got this. This is not your laptop. Someone else stole this laptop. So I got mad. So I was like, he went and gave, I met my brother for the first time. He went and gave him a ride. Then I'm by myself in the hotel room. And someone had taught me that apparently you can do laundry in the, in the bathtub. So I was like, all right, I need to do some laundry. I'm by myself. Uh, I got dosed with PCP. I just did a long walk where I tried to buy a Christmas tree. And then this little kid uh, told me it cost $3,000. And I was like, oh, I'm fucked. I can't buy a Christmas tree. Um, and then, you know, I felt like I was being watched, but only because they have drones that watch you from overhead in Maryland. Yeah, so then I was like, I'm gonna just be as normal as possible. Let me just walk very normal. Everything's cool. So anyway, so I'm in the room, and uh, the lights start bothering me. I'm trying to turn them off, but I can't find the switches, so I just unscrew the light bulbs, and I throw them in the sink, right? And then that's about when I start trying to wash my clothes, but then suddenly there's like on the door, right? It's like, the police, the police. And I'm like, I don't really feel like talking to y'all right now. I'm not wearing any clothes because I was washing my shit in the, in the bathtub. And now it's all dark. So now I'm just like ducking down underneath this counter singing REM. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight, right? And the cop's like knocking on the door. This goes on for three hours. So I drag furniture in front of the door so they can't get in. And after three hours, I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. So I open the door, I'm still don't have any clothes on, and I've forgotten that I'm washing clothes, so the whole room is starting to flood. Oh, anyway, I went to the psych ward, thank you. Yay! The lesson of that story is, only buy your weed from Spark. Like only, you know what's in it. With the packaging now, they tell you where it was grown. Like you can't even, don't, don't ever, you know, you don't want to get that. What do they call it? Sherm? Ah, scary. Anyway, uh, Warhol Kaufman with an amazingly enlightening story. Uh, I feel like we have an audience quorum, so we should do our game early tonight because we have a lot of, do you guys want to play the game and try to win the prize? Yeah, the prize is this awesome t-shirt. I also have, there's also, there's other, there's also other prizes. Oh no, it's a quiz. We're gonna find out how much you know about stuff. So you'll like raise your hand and I'll give you tickets. Hold on. I'm gonna get the tickets. La la la, la the tickets. Ah, get the tickets. Okay. So when you answer a question right, uh, so I'll run over to you with the microphone and then you'll say your answer. And if you're correct, you get a ticket. And the person with the most tickets at the end of the game wins this amazing t-shirt uh, sponsored by Spark, because they're amazing. And, and also, uh, second and third prize, I have, I have these amazing buttons. One of them says pride and one of them says trans and they're beautiful and these are other prizes. So they're made by my buddy Ant and they're pretty awesome. Okay, questions? And everyone can play, even the people that work here. If you don't have a t-shirt yet from us, uh, then there we go. Okay, question number one. What commonly used plant is related to cannabis? What commonly used plant is related to cannabis? And for an extra point, for an extra point, you can say how it's used. Chocolate is wrong. Chocolate is wrong, sorry. 
What commonly used plant is closely related to cannabis? Yes, yes. Aloe, no. Aloe is wrong. Well, hemp is part of, I mean, that's, that's close, but I'm looking for something. Oh, over here, over here. Hops. He is right. The answer is hops. Hops are a plant that are closely related to marijuana. Uh, another acceptable answer would have been catnip. Catnip, yes, catnip also very similar, not the same, but very similar. All right, next question. Question number two. Question number two, what team is going to win the World Cup? Question number two, what team is going to win the World Cup? I need you to raise your hand. I need you to raise a hand. Brazil is an acceptable answer. They are in the final eight. That was, I was, anybody in the final eight was an acceptable answer. And France. Yeah, Uruguay. Oh, Uruguay. Uruguay is going to play France on Friday, and I'm going to be making crepes because we have a French buddy, and I want to impress him. He's going to be like, yeah, we're going to make crepes. All right, this is question number three. This is, uh, this is old-timey because I've been watching this thing about Vietnam. <laughs> All right. What is a lid, and how much did it cost approximately in 1970? A dime bag. A dime bag? What? A lid? But how much, how much, how much was it usually like? Not cost, but... Too, too much, too much, a little too much. Because it was, some people say that it was an ounce, but it's, it's actually not. Anybody else know a lid? Yes, Matthew Quirk. It's the lid of a shoebox filled up with wheat. No, that's not correct. It's not, that's a good guess though. Is it, he says five digits. No, 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 it's, should I tell you the answer? Do you know the answer? Is it quarter ounce? No, it's too much too. Uh, in the 70s, they used to call it a lid when you were buying weed. Yes, the answer is an eighth. It was like a coffee can lid, and they would take it off. It was also sometimes they'd use, they'd get their tobacco in a can, and if the full can was filled, it would be an ounce, but the lid was an eighth. So they'd take the lid off, and they'd fill it, and that was what it was. It was a lid. There were no scales back then, I guess. I don't know how they, the 70s. How much was that? We tried to look it up and we couldn't find. I was just hoping someone would be old enough that they actually bought one back in the day. I thought one of you was gonna answer that question. I don't know how much it cost. I was just being born. Question number five. Don't forget to raise your hand. Did I not give you the ticket? Oh my gosh, you need your ticket. All right, question number five, question number five. How much marijuana do you smoke per day? Yes, what do you say? What's the question? That's the right answer. It, it didn't matter. Anybody could have said any amount and I would have given them a ticket. It was whoever raised their hand first on that one. It's like, I, I, and I, I actually thought about it myself. I'm like, how much do I smoke every day? Jesus. All right. Uh, question number... I'm gonna skip that one. Uh, 
this is a question that it actually requires your guys' help because I don't think we can answer this. What are the new packaging rules all about? We don't know. Can anyone from Spark come out and tell us, like, what's going on with all the new packaging rules? Is it, well, no, it's already been childproof. I mean, it's in two bags. It's a bag inside of a bag, and you can, like, mail it to yourself. And, but, like, what's with the new, because they had that fire sale last week, and then they had to have all these new packaging rules. So I'm wondering if anyone from the Spark staff can explain to us what these new packaging rules are all about. Like, do we, do we have to know where it's grown? Do we want to know where it's grown? I guess we do. Certify. Is it, does it, does it make you feel better? So it makes you feel better as a consumer to have it tested, to know where it's from. mold on it. You want to have something that you know what fertilizers have been used on your natural drug. The government is actually trying to make a drug and make it cannabis-like, but it's not. It's not a natural drug. So, like, keep the pharmacology out of it, but know what is going into it to make it naturally. Right, like, because you don't want to use, like, Monsanto chemicals. Like, that would be the worst, right? Like, they start spraying it with, like, weird things that kill all the boy plants or whatever they just I don't know people might actually like that I have a, I have a theory though that we need the men uh, they didn't you guys didn't want to answer our, do you guys want to talk to us a little bit about the packaging laws are you willing to do it cool yay we get an expert yay <laughs> Um, so it just has to be in childproof bags, and um, they just want it to have new labeling so that we know exactly where it comes from and all, everything that's inside of the new packaging or the new product. So that's the basis of it, just as long as it's childproof. So has the childproofing made it almost adult-proof? Has anybody complained yet that they can't get into it? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. It's adult-proof. So what we guys, what we need to do is create like a spark scissors. Like you guys should make like a, a Swiss Army knife and call, put it, make it in the spark blue and put spark on it so everyone can have a tiny pair of scissors to cut open their bags. That would be fine, but then I'm sure something would happen where we would get blamed with the scissors. Right, <laughs> or, or they'd be like, they stabbed me with a spark knife. It's their problem. And then spark did it. Like, no. <laughs> it's so... But, but you make a great point that things are crazy right now legally and no one really knows what's going on and the laws keep, seem to keep changing every month about what regulations you have to have and what you have to comply to. And I mean, it, how are you guys dealing with that as a staff? Um, we're just, I guess, dealing with it. Like once it comes in, we have to, you know, put the new product out and have to go with compliance. 100% compliance all the time. Yay, Spark, yay! Well, now we know about the new packaging laws. Thank you. You get a ticket. You win a ticket for participating. Oh, nice. Yay. Yay. Uh, okay. Uh, number 10. Name three active cannabinoids. Good. THC, CBD, CBN. Does anybody know what CBN does? Yeah, everyone's like, ah. Okay, so actually I learned about this. CBN's really exciting. CBN is when THC denatures over time, so it does it naturally. Like, the plant 
takes THC and it, when it turns into CBN, it's like, turn off, turn the plant off, it's time for the plant to die. So the same thing will happen to your THC weed. If you have a heavy THC weed and you leave it out in the sun and you let it sit there for a while, it denatures into CBN. Now what CBN does, it's like the nighttime stuff because it tells the plant to turn off, but it also tells you to turn off. So you don't get high on it, but you fall asleep like crazy times. So if you've ever been trying to use it specifically for sleep, like CBN, like look for it. Or denature your own THC and you can make it yourself. Because I don't think like it's, because it's basically old weed has the stuff that makes you sleep. I don't know how God works, but whatever. Uh, okay, next question. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so talkative, it's terrible. It's this weed, it's this lime, it's this sour lime kush. It's made me talkative with its sativa dominant strain and its heavy THC at 20, 0.3% or 203 milligrams. Maths. How many active cannabinoids are there in marijuana? That, that is the correct answer. Yay! Hundreds! So right now they've, they've, they can name 113, but we, we don't even know yet. We haven't, they thought it was 52, now it's 113. We don't even know. They're just starting testing. So the magical plants yeah, it's like old, it's like, I, I believe in witchcraft now, because I'm like, were they just smoking weed back in the day? And I love cats. Um, okay, <laughs> this question was gonna be silly. Uh, it's what is your name, what is your quest, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? <laughs> what is your name, what is your quest, what is the average airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Do you know the answer? That's the answer! Is it an African or European swallow? Exactly! That was a Monty Python and the Holy Grail question, which goes into our next question. Question number 13. Name three movies that are significantly, significantly enhanced by weed and why. This is a three-point question. Name three movies. If people can actually, if you can name one, I can give away three tickets. You have to name a movie that is significantly enhanced. Matrix. And why? No, Fast Times at Richmond. You can have one too, but Matrix. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. Why does it make it better? Everything, everything about the Matrix makes it better. Okay, that's fair enough. All right, Fast Times at Richmond. Woohoo! And we're on. Wait. Are we? Am I on? I don't know. Am I on? I'm here. You're on, I can hear you. I'm here. Can you hear me, Ryan? I'm here. Do you want me to turn it on? Yeah, turn it on. Turn it on. Wow, there's a lot of pink in the studio now. Do those headphones even work? One of them does. <laughs> um, I, I tried it when he, before you got here, and I was yeah. like, okay, this is interesting. Oh, I can hear myself now. Thank you. Those are like the cheap ones from like, uh, not Pick and Save, uh, Big Lots. I grew up in Pick and Save, but now they call it Big Lots. Oh my God, I love Big Lots. Oh, the toy section. The, to the jewelry section was my... The jewelry section? When I was in middle school. <laughs> the toys I would just my mom would you know go get all of the you know grocery household items and then yeah. I would go to the back where the all the toys there was a whole wall of toys I would just sit there and play with all of them and wish they were all mine pretend they were mine <laughs> some of them did become mine yeah yeah oh, this is <laughs> hold on I'm still messing with them am I still messing still messing 
Still messing with the mic. There we go. I figured it out, you guys. It's all about uh, trial and error here at Uni Radio. That's how we roll. <laughs> uh, so how you been? Oh, I've just been here, there, everywhere, but I like it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a better person when I always have something to do. I feel like I become a really anxious, depressed human being when I'm just in my apartment, not doing anything. Yeah. Um, but you've been in my apartment. You've seen how small it is. Um, I've been better about keeping it clean and, and livable though which is the funny part i think it's because you got rid of all that bulky furniture the bulky yeah, furniture maybe because even with us like the bulky furniture that i got rid of in the my, my bedroom mm-hmm. um has kind of opened up the house and it just feels a lot nicer oh that's good clean and mm-hmm. you don't feel like your furniture is keeping in on you <laughs> and washing the dishes is like a regular thing now because i have a lot more time to prepare my meals at work instead of you know waking up like holy shit i need to make my lunch today what the fuck am i gonna do i just bring everything uh you know bring all the ingredients with me to work shove it in the fridge and then you know spend like as much time as i need to make it it's not like you know i don't have i'm not necessarily on a time crunch and then Cooking, it's still pretty minimal, but I'm doing it a lot more than I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, I saw the the smoothies and stuff. Like that. Oh, so good, so good. I, it's a very expensive hobby. Yeah. I'll just warn you ahead of time. But if you do it like once in a while, like once a week, it's like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. But if you're doing it like six times a day, it's like you're not going to do anything else. You're just going to be yeah. standing in front of the juicer. And my just smoothies are pretty uh, quick. Quick. Uh, how do you make yours? Is it like you add well, it, milk or water? Powder. I just add water, cold oh. water, preferably. Like I, I did this earlier today, and I put it in the freezer, so it's, it was nice and icy, and it lasted me until I got here. Oh, nice. And then tonight, I have two other shakes in my bag that I'm supposed to be drinking, and then I have a nacho cheese pasta um, mm. meal for later tonight. Ooh. And yeah, like it's 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 pretty easy. It's nonsensical. It's just basically like, you know, you don't have to think about it. You just kind of yeah. pop in your powder, mix it with water, and shake it, and you just drink it. Shake it, shake it, yeah. shake it. Yeah. yeah, that sounds a hell of a lot easier than than juicing. Yeah. Not that I don't recommend it. There's you know a lot of easy recipes. A lot of them I found on the internet, but spending the same amount of money to get pre-made juices through you know pressed juice or somewhere else that's definitely going to save you time and you're also going to get the variety of you know vitamins and things that you need to feel like you're sustained and you're not starving but you know do you go to pinterest for your recipes um just it like basic google search and just reading through all the different recipes that people have and then as you do it you just kind of fine tune and find what juices what would be better as a smoothie like I had a lot of that like that's just not gonna work yeah (laughs) that just didn't work at all like bananas you can't juice bananas you have to stick it in a smoothie yeah but I totally tried to juice it but it's a natural sweetener for a smoothie yeah (laughs) you don't have to add any sugar just just if, if you have any questions about what not to juice, you can ask me because I probably tried to juice it <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work out so well and I'm just covered it. Oh yeah, because you bought a juicer, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a small one. It's yeah. probably one of the smaller ones, but I figure, oh, just 
you know, this will help me. Exactly. Just getting started. Like, you know, maybe I'll become, you know, a connoisseur, but not really. (laughs) But it really helps the week before your period. Yeah. Because I get so freaking bloated. Yeah. And now that I do it, it's like I break out less. I just feel like more regulated. So now I am actually doing it like once a month. Oh, nice. Just for that purpose. Yeah. For me, I feel like because I I am drinking so much more, um, I'm just hydrating a lot more. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is me with water. But not only that, but we have to drink at least 64 ounces of water a day. And then plus I have to drink my effervescent potassium and uh, fiber and all that stuff. And that's like added water. Mm. So um, I feel like I'm much more hydrated. And it's never, I've never, ever lived a long period of time doing that. You know, like, I'm always like, I'm going to drink more water and be good. And like, it's kind of like a New Year's resolution where you do it for the first week or so. And then after that, you're kind of like, it's hard to make a habit. Um, But it's been great. It's been good to just kind of, I'm always aware of like, I need to have water soon. Like I forgot to get some water because I have this. I forgot to get a bottle of water. I usually stop at the liquor store and get my big bottle of Fiji. Um, and I forgot to do that, but I'm going to do that after we, after we're done with the show and have a few smoothies on the way back home. What's the what's been the hardest part about, I'm getting personal. What's the hardest part about switching to a mostly liquid diet versus, you know, Um, every, all of us, you know, if you're alive and health, healthy, you're eating solid foods. Um, even if you're unhealthy. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> healthy or unhealthy. Um, the hardest part is definitely chewing. Um, I miss you just crunch, like, textures, like, crunchy textures, and I miss... Um, one of the things I started reintroducing because uh, I realized that I was able to was pickles. Um, uh, because they, they're zero calories, and they're, <sighs> it's just like a salt bomb. So I'm always, these are sweet. These are super sweet. Mm-hmm. So I crave just salty shit all the time. Interesting. So I put a little bit of hot sauce in my pasta dishes. And that was kind of curving, like, my need for, like, flavor. Um, but the pickles have been, like, life-changing. Like, we bought an entire, like, a jug that's, like, this big mm-hmm. from a grocery outlet. And we've just been, like... Putting, and I'm allowed to have, like, dried herbs, so I've been putting a bunch of dried herbs in there, <laughs> and Ryan's been putting a bunch of, you know, spices and trying to, and garlic, try to make it, like, more flavorful, so it's not just, like, a classic, you know, plain pickle, so it's, like, has more, more of a texture to it, or at least flavor. Um, and, yeah, it's just kind of, like, cravings, you know? Like, I, you know, if I... Oh, I, yeah. I mostly crave, like I said, like, one of the things I really crave is salt and crunch, right? So <sighs> chips were my thing, you know? Like, yeah. So if I see somebody eat a bag of ruffles, I'm just like looking at them like so intensely because I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so jealous of you. And like the other day, you know how at um, where you used to work at, at where I'm currently working, mm-hmm. they have a kitchen, and sometimes somebody will open a bag of chips and not finish it. And just oh leave it yeah, open the I remember that. Yeah, well, there's still somebody still doing that. And it's Jerk. so tempting <laughs> when I walk in the kitchen to prepare my, my sh- smoothies and there's just a bag of chips open and I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God, <laughs> it's dying. tempting. Um, oh, gee. You know what? I, I always say, and this is one thing that my nutritionist always kind of repeats, um, <sighs> is nothing's going to taste as sweet or as good as reaching your goal. Um, hmm. You're going to be so satisfied when you've realized 
you got to your goal and you're working on maintaining your weight. Yes. Um, but you didn't deviate. You just got to your goal in a timely manner and you worked really hard and now you can have a little bit of whatever it is that you're craving. Yeah. But you know how to control it. You know how to you yeah. know, have build good habits within the six months that you were, you know, six months or whatever months it took to get to your goal. So that's that's something yep. that I look forward to yes. when I reach my goal. Um, and things have been going great, and I don't want to fuck them up, you know. And, like, tomorrow I'm going to a wedding, and I decided I'm going to have whatever is being served at the wedding for the first time ever. I'm going to actually eat real food. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared shitless. I'm scared shitless. I mean, not that I'm going to, you know, deviate, but I'm going to get sick because... You might. Yeah, because going mm-hmm. back into the diet, it's going... I mean, going back into the program, I'm supposed to call it a diet. <laughs> but going back into the program, you're, you're going to feel sick. I mean, am I even feel sick there? I don't know. Maybe it's a bad idea, but I honestly do not want to do my shakes at the wedding. <laughs> and you got to live your life too. And yeah. that's part of the journey is figuring out what works and what doesn't work for you. What sacrifices you're willing to make. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, and I'll tell you from my experience that it never ends. It gets easier the longer you do it over time. Like now is a lot easier but there's still like a lot of struggles you know like that time of the month and just certain things never oh stress like stress yes this week was really like one of those weeks where i was like if i weren't on this program i would be stress eating some chips right now yeah and not even caring Mm because i'd be so because it was such a stressful week we were so busy we're short-staffed and people were just down my throat and i was like I would kill for a bag of chips. I would kill for some corn nuts. I would kill for even like one of those minty chocolatey, chocolatey uh, protein bars, you know, because honestly, they're just like a candy bar in disguise, you know. Um, and finding alternate ways to yeah. to relieve your stress. Yeah. Well, you can't really do that in the office, though. You have That's to get out of the office to try to run. You could, I guess I could probably run around the office building. I just don't know. anything, not necessarily running, t- yeah. but getting your heart rate yeah. up. Just somehow like channeling your anxiety and your, your aggression. aggression. <laughs> exactly. Because you know I have a lot of that. And we all do. Yeah. I mean, to varying degrees, we all do. Yeah. So it's been uh, interesting. It's, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a challenge, but it's all good. I'm going to make it and totally kick ass. Woohoo. Keep the faith, y'all. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been to um, some interesting shows. Um, I tried to s- spend my money on shows that I know I might not be able to see some of these artists. Um, I went to see David Byrne a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And that was amazing. an amazing experience. Um, the seat choice wasn't the greatest. It was the handicapped seat. Mm-hmm. And people were like constantly like walking by. But I was able to to get some some memorable you know pictures and videos, and it was totally worth it. And then I had a terrible lift experience, and I never take lift unless I have to. But <laughs> what happened? But there's pretty much like I didn't get. A, I was standing. Um, 
at the corner, the bus stop right across from Bill Graham, across from that park. And apparently because I, I requested a shared lift, I should have requested a direct lift because it was just such a busy time and none of the drivers could, you know, come that way, even though other people were getting picked up left and right. But maybe they, because they requested a direct lift instead of a shared lift, because I complained to the driver that eventually came to pick me up. But I pretty much like almost walked home. I was like, I don't care if I get killed. I'm not going to wait for this bullshit. (laughs) Like, that's what I've always done. I've always like not taken a cab unless it's like, you know, 30 degrees and hailing outside. Yeah, unless it's absolutely necessary. Until absolutely necessary. But. And that's kind of like what we do now. Like, we don't, we didn't really want to take a lift here, but we were like, well, the bus is not coming for another 30 minutes. So I guess we have to, we at least took the bus to Arguello and then we took the bus, you know, from there to here. Mm-hmm. But we, we try to be good. We try to take those two buses that it takes to get here, but it's just not working out for us. Yeah. It's just sometimes it just doesn't work out the way you want it to. Exactly. Uh, you might have heard that the Hemlock Tavern is going to be closing in uh, about two weeks. I, um, I went to see a friend of ours, Victor. He played his last show, um, not only at the Hemlock, but with Blurred Out. He's, I guess, leaving the group officially. So that was their last show um, at the Hemlock. That was back in August two weeks ago I feel like it just happened but I literally like watched their set and I tried to I listened to most of the band's second set but I was pretty like out of it I was like okay I'm gonna cut out but I was like okay at least I went and you know I've been to a few good shows yeah Yeah. and I felt like "Ah, Victor's like the one person that we've interviewed that I've never like seen except we did see him that one time but that was like years ago so I made that happen um, then Johnny and I went to the Lost 80s um, festival, and that was, we had such a good time. Um, there were some bands that performed there that we didn't even know that they were going to be there. <laughs> it wasn't listed like yeah. anywhere. It was just like, there's Naked Eyes right there. Okay. Yeah. And they were so, the seats that we had were so close. It's a really lovely like winery in um, Saratoga, which is close to San Jose. So thank God, you know, Johnny, you know, was had a car car and he was, you know, he's nine times out of 10. He's like, sure. Yeah, let's go. Um, we almost killed two deer. Oh. On our way over there. They just went boom, boom. And we're, Johnny was like, I'm like, I didn't even see. Like, luckily he was driving and not me because yeah. I probably would have killed them yeah. knowing the way I drive. Oh. But that was like how that was us getting there. And yeah. then the way back was completely fine. Um, but yeah, it was great. We saw Naked Eyes, Missing Persons, Annabella Lewin, who we interviewed. She was really charming to watch on stage. I think she was towards the beginning of the night. Drama Rama. Oh and they were like kind of, some of them were nice and like kind of interacting with mm-hmm. some of the fans who recognize them. Uh, Wang Chung. Uh, <laughs> but they have a different singer in the group. So oh, Johnny and I were, were looking at each other like, wait. Who is this? That's. <laughs> That's not the guy that we saw like before, yeah. but we were like, well, we're here. They still Wang Chung. They're still Wang Chung. They still got it on. <laughs> and then, of course, a flock of seagulls was like, <laughs> yeah. like never, we never thought that was ever going to happen. And then it did. So maybe we manifested it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm a witch. Who knows? Do they, do they have the hair? No, he's completely bald and <laughs> has, you know, have this, your gut. Yeah, he has that going on. 
such a nice guy to talk to. Um, I'll be playing those interviews um, in a few weeks uh, time. Uh, but uh, English Beat, uh, they're going to be performing at the Cornerstone. I guess it's a sold out show um, this coming Friday, actually, in oh, Berkeley. And then they're going to be back in November. He actually he lives in um, SoCal, so he's actually kind of local. Um, they're doing like a double header at, I think, the mezzanine with the selector. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and then they were just in Santa Cruz, I think, over the summer. They did one of those free shows, but it's definitely easier for Bay Area people to get to Berkeley or, you know, San Francisco. Um, So that'll be the interview... I'm airing today. Um, Blind Melon was actually supposed to play a show the same night as Lost 80s, so that was going to be my backup because August Hall is literally like a block away and it got canceled, so I was like, okay. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, And then um, I went to Seattle with a friend of mine last weekend, kind of a whirlwind trip. Uh, We went to see a comedian named Ahmed Barucha, who's actually pretty funny. We had never heard of him and just randomly decided, we're going to go see a comedy show. And it was was fun. Uh, Apparently, he's been on Conan and the Colbert. Um, I forgot Colbert's the the new title of the show. Oh, is it? Yeah, I might it's even the late it. show or yeah. late late tomorrow night. I don't know. What that <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so he's you know he has some some big names in his portfolio. He was he was pretty funny. Um, and then I went to see Andrew WK because that was the only like music show that I was like okay I can spend money on this and yeah. enjoy Seattle. it in Seattle. Oh. They have a lot of old theaters, kind of like what we do here, like the old, you know, vaudeville, like Mm -hmm. people would pay money to see a live performance kind of thing. So it it probably has a lot of history that I don't even know about that I should read up on. Uh, But it was a cool little venue, just downtown Seattle. Um, He totally rocked it. And the whole, like, if you know anything about his music, it's kind of like heavy metal, um, you know, mixed, like, contemporary, like, I don't know, just a whole bunch of different genres. But the floor was, like, (laughs) moving the whole time. And I was like, I don't even have to dance. Like, I'm completely fine, like, standing in the back, just, like, watching magic happen. Just be taken by the the crowd. Yeah. And so that was that was definitely an experience. Um, then two days later, I went to see uh, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. And that was hard because I really wanted to see the Foo Fighters, but I just couldn't justify going all the way to San Jose. I just yeah. couldn't. I was like, oh, Dave's going to be around for a couple more decades. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Rivers Cuomo is going to be right down the street. That might be kind of interesting because yeah. he's been playing like some of these acoustic shows in between uh, some of the the Weezer dates so sure enough I turned turned up and um, that was amazing um, if you get a chance to see a show at August Hall I definitely recommend it there's been a few shows that I've been wanting to go to there it's and, just and they have really good people go, I mean artists yeah. going through there yeah I mean a lot of them I've never heard of which mm-hmm. I think is awesome and hopefully they're making a huge profit. And it's only been a couple months yeah. that they've been open, but I've it's already... It's a prime spot, too. Yeah. And I've been to three shows already. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this one was definitely worth it. Um, you know, I've seen Weezer, like, too many times already, but it's always worth it, <laughs> in my experience. So that was... And he was, like, 
I couldn't believe how close he was. I was like, this is weird. I'm like watching all of his tweets and now he's in front of me. Okay. Uh, There was a little bit of fangirl happening, but. Of course, that's reverse. Yeah. He's he's very entertaining. Um, he did a cover. I almost like had a meltdown. He did a cover of "Everybody Wants to Rule the World." Oh yeah, and I, I was saw like, that on your snap. He yeah. sees me. <laughs> it's like not often do men really like see me, but yeah. he does. <laughs> from from that like perspective, like yeah. he just. But he he did that the Africa the. Toto oh song. When I went to San so Diego, good. I, it's good, but when I went to San Diego, that was like on the radio every five seconds. I was like, You get sick of it. Yeah. It's one of those songs where you're like, Oh my God, it was played so much back then. Yeah. But I waited a while. I didn't listen to it till literally like a few days ago and I was like wow it's like he could it's like he can pretty much sing any genre even though you know Weezer is known for Rock pop. Rock pop. Um, the other highlight was one of the founding members of Weezer is from the Bay Area, and he um, they they did like a couple duets oh, from the other guy, the other guy uh, Jason. I can't remember. He was in some other bands up here, um, but yeah, they did like some like they did a lot of songs off the Blue album. I was like, I thought he was going to be playing like more solo songs, but he did a lot of Weezer songs. So. They're, they're the greatest. I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm boasting. And then I got to see Brody last night. Oh, yeah. The distillers. That looks so awesome. And it was really good. I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, I kind of had an idea. I like the band that opened for them, Starcrawler. Strawcrawler? Starcrawler. They're called Starcrawler. <laughs> but apparently they're from Los Angeles. Oh, okay. But I don't know, I just, um, I walked in or I got inside uh, the Fox Theater, right, as they were already, like, getting into it, and I was already, like, hooked. I was like, yes, this is what I need. (laughs) Did you stand at that show, or? Yes, I had a floor seat, but I didn't stand, like, too close to the front. I was a little bit. Like, yeah, probably a safe bet. Yeah, it was like, I'm, I know how this is going to turn out. And then sure enough, when the distillers came on, every guy was like, <laughs> and I was like, I really want to, but I know how that's going to turn out. So I'm just going to, yeah. you know, enjoy it from yeah. a little bit farther away. Um, but yeah, she rocked it. Um, I remember seeing her when she was still married to Tim and she was opening for Rancid. So I, it felt pretty good to see her like, you know, doing her own thing. And now she's married to Now she's Josh. with Josh and she just, she looks fabulous. And apparently, cause she used to be, you know, a bigger woman, bigger girl like us. And um, apparently when she got pregnant, that's what kind of, she went through a change where she was like, I need to change my habits. Cause I didn't, I mean, I knew that she was into drugs and stuff like that, but I was curious when I saw that picture of her on the fader magazine with Terry and Shirley, I hadn't seen a picture of her in like 15 years. Like I didn't know that she was in like all these other bands and doing stuff in between the distillers and like the last few years. So I was like, Oh my God, that's her. Like it was, so shocking yeah. for me to see it but then seeing her last night I was like wow like like happy like genuinely happy like she made it too yeah. <laughs> like we've been through some shit and we made it you know yeah. that kind of thing so I'm I'm happy for her and that's what's been going on the past three weeks <laughs> I, I was just gonna say um, 
Shirley Manson, right? Yes. She actually, I just recently started getting into the Joe Rogan podcast uh, uh-huh. show. He uh-huh. has he has like a YouTube where you can like watch the podcasting happen and everything. And right. he did one with Shirley Manson. And it was really, I think you would like it. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. She talked about you know, the music industry, you know, in the 90s when they were blowing up and like how it is now. Uh-huh. And um, there was a part. This is this was like a few years ago when they did this podcast, mm-hmm. and there was a part where Joe Rogan was like, "You know who I would want to interview to ask him about the music industry because he would have such a unique perspective, and especially being that he was back in the grunge era, right next to Nirvana, and like now, it would be Chris Cornell." And then I realized this was two weeks before Chris Cornell died. Oh. And she was like, oh, yeah, you should totally get him on the show. And I was like, why are these people talking like that? And I was like, oh, my God. It was right this, then. This right before he died. And I was like, oh, man, that would have been such a good podcast. Um, but, yeah, she, she uh, talked about just being a girl, you know, in, in, in an all male-dominated industry. Mostly, and, yeah. You know, how she was kind of lucky, you know, to have a record label uh, at the time who kind of let them get away with doing whatever they wanted to do mm. music wise because mm-hmm. that wasn't kind of like the case um, and how they gained you know a lot of pop- popularity and they actually got paid you know somewhat got paid pretty decent and they don't have to relay on like you know uh, they, they don't have to relay on selling merch like most artists have to do now to get money right it's all about, you know, the pledge and Kickstarter and yeah. touring all yeah, the time. Yeah, because, it's, you know, streaming has kind of taken away from from their livelihood. Yes, um, it's so unfortunate. It's, it's really interesting how she was kind of like, you know, I, I know I'm very lucky on how we ended up with garbage just being so big back then and not having to rely on making new fans we just kind of like mm-hmm. you know did our own, our, we we're doing our own thing and you know that the hardcore fans would still listen to our music now you know and and and, and, and until forever <laughs> yeah um but it was funny it was uh, one of those things where, where he was kind of like smitten by her and he was like are you always happy when it rains and she's like oh why did you ask me that question <laughs> 20 years ago <laughs> She's like, everybody asked me that question. No, I am not happy. <laughs> I'm not fucking happy. She's like, I'm from Scotland. And she's so, from Scotland. Yeah, yeah, she's like, so it's kind of a, a daily occurrence over there. But um, yeah, it's really good. I would recommend it. That's interesting. <clears throat> he also had a, oh, sorry to interrupt. He also had a Billy Corgan or a William Patrick Corgan, as he likes to be called. Um, WP. Yeah. WPC. He's kind of, kind of. To me, he's kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Is he like in his own? Like, don't come at me, William Patrick Corgan. Do not attack me because he attacks people. Like he like talks back to people on Instagram and stuff like that and uh, Twitter. And I'm just like, okay. there's a complex. Yeah, thing there's going definitely on. a complex. And he oh. even admits it. But I'm like, it's been inter- it's an interesting <sighs> show. And he, yeah. I mean, he's been touring a lot. Um, I think they just came out with a new song. And yep, a new album. They have a new album coming out. Iha. Um, is back he's back and i feel like i've seen them a few times I, I think like the past few months i'm like okay like who have i not seen yeah um but yeah we've seen them a few times i think yeah yeah we, we've seen them i seen them twice twice yeah. we saw them twice together i think i saw them four times yeah you saw you saw them uh, with marilyn manson i saw them with marilyn manson that was a good one yeah and then once before that i think at the warfield the warfield 
And then once before that, the time we saw them together. We saw them do the, it was like an acoustic slash Or after, yeah, the, after electric. that, we saw that with uh, Liz Fair. That was a good one. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And then um, the first time was at um, Bill Graham. That was probably the best, yeah. I think. Because we were like, this is happening. It well, was they put on such a big show. Yeah. Because they had, you know, they had a lot of like light. Visuals yeah. and I don't think they'd played in a while either. Yeah. Right? They hadn't played in like a few um, years. No, that was when he decided to get like almost kind of like an all new band. Lineup. Yeah. He, Oceania. Yeah. Oceania. The album was pretty good. So, <sighs> Maybe it's been interesting. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's been an interesting life. Um, I guess we should... Uh, pl- we can play a few songs after we aired the interview with um, Dave Wakeling and he's the lead singer guitarist from the English Beat stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio Checking out on our um, Facebook page, um, 
because there's there's always quite a lot of different shows up in the Bay Area. Shows are here pretty often. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, we like we play uh, Mill Valley, for example. We play at Sweetwater quite a bit. Uh, we play in uh, 19 Broadway in. Uh, uh, yeah, that's in Berlin as well, isn't it? Fairfax. So we play quite a lot of different places around the, around the bay. You to play at in San Francisco. We have been uh, playing um, quite a lot at Simbo's, uh, but we've just moved now. I've noticed the last two or three times we've played, we've played the same place at Independence. And uh, and I like it. It sounds really good. Mm -hmm. They know what they they know what they're doing there, oh. and um, uh, it sounds really good. And they're they're used to having bands by the looks of it, so they're they're very gracious, and you get everything you need, and there's no fuss and no bother. And mm -hmm. so I notice we've, we've been heading there quite often. Mm -hmm. That's something to look forward to. And have you guys played the mezzanine before? A long, long time ago, yes. A long, long time ago, just when it opened up. It was more of a club than a concert hall. It's a fantastic looking space. I remember it was the best dressing room ever. It was like the VIP lounge. You didn't really want to go on stage. You just wanted to sit backstage and VIP, you know. Yeah, we've been backstage there once, and it was quite, you know, spacious, and the couches were really comfortable, so no complaints. <laughs> I don't know whether it's true. I, I, have, I have reason to believe it is, but um, a wealthy couple, friends of mine, um, she insists that their baby was conceived in the restroom there backstage, which I thought was a bit odd. Yeah, that's it's pretty strange, but I've heard stories, so I exactly. believe it. Exactly. <laughs> it's got that kind of silver, you know, mirrored walls kind of vibe, doesn't it, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, so you San Francisco is famous, isn't it, for all sorts of different types of venues, right from the Warfield or, or yeah. you know, the Sweetwater up in Mill Valley. It's got to be one of the best sounding clubs in the world. You know, one of the best sounding PA systems. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's quite a tradition, really, to build on top of, isn't it? And then even things like the Boom Boom Room, I like to play there. That's a fantastic little place. And, uh, and sometimes it sounds great and sometimes not so great. But it's mm -hmm. always a fantastic night out there. Mm -hmm. You're bothering me with the devil. So, um, tell us a little bit more about the new album, and how does it differentiate from some of your previous releases? Well, it just carries on from them, uh, as you'd expect, really. Uh, it's the same blend of seemingly innocent dance beats with dual-edged political lyrics. Um, with a bit of laughter and a bit of tongue-in-cheek and um, and it tries to create a, a 
heady brew of, of what our lives are really like, a mixture of happy and sad all at the same time, and a mixture of uh, angry and glad and all of those different feelings, all at the same time uh, expressed in dance by somebody who can't dance very well. <laughs> That's how I would sum it up. Um, the lyrics carry on from the politics of the first albums, but they're seasoned with 30 years of watching stuff go round. But uh, it's much the same story as it was in the late 70s, and much of the stuff that bothers us now was stuff that came up as issues in the late 70s and 80s, and wasn't really dealt with at the time, and it's coming back to haunt everybody now. So it's remarkable. It's, um, it's like the same stories going on that were going on 40 years ago. All of a sudden, it's the immigrants' fault again. And, uh, and, and the idea of nuclear war with either Russia or North Korea is back on the table as feasible an option. And the tension all over Europe. It's funny that lots of it's exactly the same as it was. And uh, you, you can only deduce that the right solutions weren't applied at the time. Mm. And so we're still struggling with the same issues now. Absolutely. You mentioned that. It kind of feels like the Cold War is, you know, part two is about to happen. So It is. I think it probably already is, isn't it, with this... Uh, you know, uh, internet wars, which are sort of going on all the time. Uh, just imagine everybody uh, gets on Facebook with a hangover, but now they're doing it for their government. For <laughs> 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 a government. It's spiteful, you know. It's been fascinating to see how people could manipulate people's righteous feelings on Facebook and get them wound up and get them to go for more extreme solutions than they would have been left to their own devices. I think that's it's fascinating to watch how that happens, you know. There's some great lessons to learn there about Absolutely. how we're, when we're hot and bothered and passionate, we're, we're easily led. We can be easily led to mm -hmm. make Sometimes people can put you in a situation where you'll see five or six things and they all seem to support each other to make you make a leap of faith in your decision making. But those five or six things are not there by accident. They're there because those are the five or six things that they've researched about you that would make you change your mind. Think about the children. You know, okay, then I'll do it. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, everybody has their room 101, don't they? Uh, so I think it's fascinating to watch how even we think with our own free will, how easily it is to manipulate it and just change our opinion slightly so that it doesn't really make a difference other than when you're talking about millions of people, it can sway the vote a few hundred thousand and that's all the people. It's very interesting and uh, it gives us... Uh, it's a scary time that we're in, but it's a great time to make music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, 
it's a great time to make music. I don't know if it's a great time to sell music because I'm not sure if anybody buys it anymore. But uh, uh, we, we think the record's going down very well, I can tell, because different songs are being given away by radio stations as their song of the day. <laughs> like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that's the way, that's the way it goes, man. Song of the day. Yeah, everybody gets to download your song for free and celebrate with you all day. Then you go over and you haven't got paid nothing. Mm. Song of the day. <laughs> Goddamn radio stations. Well, luckily yeah. we're... What um, could you do without them, though, eh? What would you do without mm. them? Well, it works, probably, because... Uh, <laughs> what happens, I think, is people won't buy your album, or, more likely, it seems, they can just watch your concert. People hear something on the radio, and they come to the concert. And if they like the concert, then they might buy the album on the way. It seems to be there. But uh, so long as it's um, your work being well received and well reviewed, and it's Each element of your work, like the album is supporting the next set of concerts, and the concerts are supporting the album, and, and you're trying to do some swimming and some walking, so you're supporting yourself in your efforts. <laughs> uh, and so long as everything's gently moving in the right direction, then uh, I think you can be happy with that. You don't have to look for huge movements in the record market, but just slow, consistent growth. Have you been to Amoeba Records in Los Angeles? Say again? Have you been to Amoeba Music in Los yes. Angeles? I have indeed. Yeah, so I, oh, <laughs> I went recently, and I think it was a good reminder to know that there's people who actually, you know, still buy music and, and support it. So That's right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, vinyl's very important again. And second mm -hmm. uh, vinyls, which is pretty important. Um, it's it's such a changing talent. Uh, in some ways, it's gone back to the sixties and seventies where things were single oriented, and now they're sort of song oriented. But in a way, it's a bit old-fashioned me having an album out. Although luckily, all thirteen of them sounded pretty much to be singles. So all sorts of different songs are getting played across the country, which is great. But um, mostly it seems that it's one or two songs from people coming out of the town. And so we might, now we've broken the ice and we're back in the game, I might uh, just do one or two songs next and bring them out in the new year as a follow-up to this album. So I don't know whether I'm going to wait another 30 years and then bring out 13 songs in a row <laughs> again. Wow. That's so, a long time. Um, a long time to work, yeah. I might still be here. You never know. <laughs> Great. Um, so speaking of the Cold War, um, you guys played at the, the infamous Us Festival uh, back in the early 80s. Um, what do you think of the significance of that, um, you know, now that music festivals are kind of a thing, whereas back then that was kind of few and far between? Well, it was a model. It was a model that a lot of them use. Um, 
But they had to change the model because he, he made it so that it would break even. <laughs> which he didn't. Um, but everybody had an amazing time and still tells stories about how fabulous it was. But it wasn't designed to make money. And uh, I think what happened was people saw that you know, a quarter of a million people would be interested in coming to something like this. Um, but they quickly turned out ways of turning it so that it would make a profit. So now, you couldn't really have something like the US Festival because it costs you $3,000 each to get all the free stuff. <laughs> I think uh, that's the problem with it. That, the Earth Festival was a, was a terrific idea, but only if you were trying to break even. Well, of course, pop promoters and all of that, they want to do their more than break even. So, um, it's, it's now become very expensive business for festivals. Um, and I worry about it. Sometimes I find myself on the bill on a cruise or something and it's ever such a lot of money to go to this event now it might even be more money than most of my fans could afford or certainly more than they'd want to spend just to watch me do my songs so it's a double-edged sword really now I think a lot of festivals and some of them are fantastic some of them have become a bit grotesque, a bit of a spectacle. As though just the biggest, the largest, the noisiest, the brashest is the way to go. And, uh, and I don't know if that's the function too. Well, they have a lot of interesting ones in England started off. They're, they're very much more sort of family events. Uh, which I'm not sure how much of that I like either. It's all right, bring the kids, but they don't have to be there all night, you know. You know. Uh, okay. So, uh, there's an areas where there's like daytime concerts and where there's kids artists who want the kids to do. You know, they get a my face in there. And, uh, people still do that as well. And, and police cover themselves in glitter. Yeah, rubber boots. Taken over in England from Christianity, to be honest. I don't see it Christianity at all. And it's come back to some pre Christian, British uh, pagan practices of dressing up funny and staggering mm -hmm. around drunk in the field to whatever the local folk music is. Now the folk music seems to be Oasis or Pulp mm. or Blur or something like this. Or, uh -huh. you know, famous music like. So they have thousands of, um, thousands of festivals in England, and it, it looks like it's a stone in, you know, people celebrating the solstice. Um, so it, it's odd, really, that uh, the churches are empty. They've mainly been turned into mosques or condominiums uh, at this point. But um, people have either gone towards pop festivals, as a, an expression of culture. Or they've gone to marching in the streets with English flags, the mild Nazi salutes that contended they're not Nazis, they're the nationalists. 
think of poison really, now that religion has lost its hold on everybody, you've got nationalism or paganism. That's your choice in England. They're feeling a bit down on our debate, really. They're having, you know, we want to just manage to shake up Christianity. Now we've got Islam to deal with. They're a whole crowd. And they're a Middle Eastern death cult setting up from the specific rules on our own. The English have had it for thousands of years, and I don't know, I don't know, you know, so, you know, they're all these Middle Eastern, they're all death religions, you know, they're all killing each other. They're setting up in our backyard and start doing it, like killing each other. Incredible business. What can some of the English tradition is not much better, because it's grown and massively overweight, drunk, and short sure it's up. What sort of culture is that? Talking about it's time to draw a line on the sand, but I can't even stand straight. Talking about Maybe the last people you'd ever want involved in drawing lines in the sand. Put it that way. What can you do? All you can do is write songs, sing them, make people dance, and have a wide room. But the only way to win the situation, we find ourselves in uh, a lot of people sort of with the Hebrew revolution and the punk revolution, but mm. we're all so much more clever than our moms and dads, and mm -hmm. the world would be sorted. And it's not, is it? It's a mess. It's a rotten mess. Now, in, in actual fact, it's better than it was, but some of the worst things are much worse. So, on the, on the good side, all women and girls are reading and writing percentage lines whenever we call in the history of the world. And that's a good thing, I suppose, that's a good thing. Um, and murder isn't the first choice of how to resolve the problems, which it used to be. Like down the list, my third or fourth choice. But, uh, so things are generally getting better. But uh, our ability to do each other in has become more. Uh, this is not a task to that for We shall see, I don't know. And, uh, I, I remain optimistic only because I like the camp and trees always look optimistic to me. They're full of life and vigor and growth and hopefulness. So I always have hope. But you've got to say we are pushing our luck a little bit. And I do have some tears that my album's just about to go number one. This year, ten points. Now I've got a Grammy. I'm just about, just about to get like the biggest royalty check I've ever had, and the world's gonna blow up. <laughs> and nobody will know. I'll be, I'll be number one around the world, and nobody will know because it's the same morning that it all blows up. I wake up in the night sweating like that. How horrible is that thing? Like it's worse. You don't understand. I'm number one. You know, we've got no time to do the charts, you know, and we're trying to save our kids. Yes, I know, but look, look, number one. Just normal. Is that the TV show Black Mirror or The Twilight Zone? It would be that sort of thing, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, it would be just like that. Yeah. And if people want to find out more about what you're up to, what would be the best? site or social media page for them to check out? 
Well, it has been the Facebook one. I, I've been quite active on the English group Facebook and Dave Aiken Facebook. Um, mm. but the last week, I haven't been on it much, and I'm not, not sure why. I've been enjoying doing the garden. I've been doing a lot of gardening. I'm only home for a week or so, a few more days, and I'm back off on tour for five weeks. And this garden has got to be in a tip-top shape. So that was if I'm somebody with my son. Come in and nurture it every day. And after I've it, so that everything can more or less cope. Now everything's fed, pruned, contained. Enough to last four or five weeks, so that really all that's got to be done is watered and take a photograph and send it to me. If anything's serious, that's in it. It looks weird two days in a row. Send me a photograph on to it. And, uh, and we can try the media out. It's, it's very difficult at gardening in Southern California. The, the good news is everything grows. Um, everything grows fantastically. But everything needs really varying amounts of water. And if you've got all sorts of different flowers or plants in the same pot, then you can really have a, a balancing act going on there with how much water. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, uh, but it's a challenge, and a challenge that I accept lately, and uh, it's my second favourite thing to do after uh, the band, which includes doing records, doing concerts, and me talking about it. That's my favourite thing to do. <laughs> the second favorite thing is the garden, and uh, it's looking so terrible at the moment. That's the shame of us, you know, we work very hard on it, just as long as I have to lose. But if I've got a few weeks of it, I get kind of lazy, and I think, yeah, I'll do that later. I'll just mm. sit and look at it, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. But then I think, oh my God, I've got to get this all done because I'm leaving next week, and this is way out of control. So, the last week, then, I've worked like crazy on the garden, more than I want to really, because I've left it too late. I think I'll start that and it's like, where are you? So anyway, it looks beautiful. And, Great. And, you, and then you have to leave with them. Um, and, uh, and I sit on a table and really in my dances. How's the, how's the jasmine arch, you know? I did do that. Yeah, I had thought about that. I had thought about that. So I could enjoy enjoy my garden from the seat where I normally sit. I have an outdoor office. It's a 1950s or 1960s garden furniture. That's my office furniture. So my office is just a whole mess of plants. It's fantastic. And I do miss it. So that's not a bad idea. I could have a camera on the chair where I normally sit. And I can just look and just check the garden. Great Well, it was great speaking with you today, Dave, and we look forward to seeing you here in the Bay Area a little bit later this year. Mm-hmm. And we Lovely. wish you the... Yes, looking forward to it. Uh, Cornerstone on September 21st and November 10th at the Mezzanine here in San Francisco. Plus 
Oh. Well, thank oh. you very much indeed. A lovely interview. So your voice sounds terrific on the radio. Probably this is a career, you know. Good choice. Good choice. It's a fun hobby. <laughs> All I right. Like radio. I like radio, and it more important. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the way that you know video was meant to kill the radio star. Well, that didn't happen, did it? Oh. Video to the radio star. No. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> We're back. I'm glad it's back. We've got a little bit of laughter due to uh, some limbic joy, little glances of agony. We've got the loss. Here we go, love. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Dave. <laughs> a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Have a good one. Take care. You can take care. And we're back. And we're back. That was a good interview. It was, I remember when I was doing it, it was kind of... It was long. It felt like it was a lifetime, but it was really only 27 minutes. <laughs> well, that could be a lifetime. <laughs> but sometimes I, I get that way when I talk to, you know, people who, like Dave Wakeling, who have had a lot of life experience, and he, you know, played at those um, festivals that Apple sponsored back in, you know, the 80s, um, the big one that they had in SoCal. Um, I forgot the name of it. Um, but anyways, they still have great festivals in SoCal and yeah, and they're going to be here in the Bay area. They played Santa Cruz a couple weeks ago. Uh, they're going to, they're playing a sold out show at the Cornerstone in Berkeley. So that should be a hoot. Hopefully you got your tickets for that. And, and the other show, oh, that we were talking about going to was at the mezzanine. They're co-headlining with... Um, the selector, mm. so that should be a good one. But I think we've seen both of them, yeah, on different occasions. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was that was an enjoyable interview. Um, wasn't sh- I feel like I tried to interview him like a couple of years ago, and it just sometimes the timing is off. Yeah, there's been a lot of that. Like, oh, I tried so hard to interview them, and then it just happens like years later, like the touring schedule and the new release and things like that. So Um, Yeah. If you want to sponsor us, let us know. I've been looking for sponsors, but apparently we don't have enough downloads yet. (laughs) In the eight years that we've been doing this, which is fine. But, you know, podcasts, I think some of the advertisers don't understand like how it's an untapped market. So even if we have less listeners, they're like, it's still getting out there. It's still getting out there. And that's definitely a good way to get your business. Um, on the air and get some more customers, get some new customers, promote promotions. Um, yeah, should totally tap into that. Reach out to Isha or I. It would be nice. (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, people who go out on the road, they're just, you know, they have their creative stuff out there, but in return, it's like, Hopefully they'll get something out of it. But we did go to a lot of 
free shows over the years, so I guess that part of it has been worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And we still got a few minutes. Um, I guess we could play some music. Yes. <laughs> that is what we're all about, right? I haven't done this in a while. I was like, well, we could do something else. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. <laughs>
Put your love up, 